Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by our local small business initiative, the Business Radio X Main Street Warriors, defending capitalism, promoting small business, and supporting our local community. For more information, go to MainStreetWarriors.org. And a special note of thanks to our title sponsor for the Cherokee chapter of Main Street Warriors, Diesel David, Inc. Please go check them out at DieselDavid.com. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, no stranger to the Business Radio X microphone, Staff Sergeant with a little organization you may have heard called the United States Air Force, Mr. Raymond Aguilar. How you been, man? I've been doing good, man. Thank you for having me again. Oh, what a delight to have you back in the studio. For those listeners who did not hear our episode, tell them a little bit about what you're out there trying to do for folks. What is your mission and purpose in this work? Yeah, so I'm a you know active duty United States Air Force recruiter. I am uh, my office is located in Marietta, Georgia, uh, right there on Whitlock Ave, next to Marietta High School. And for me, it's just to promote the United States Air Force as a whole, um, understanding to where uh, people are trying to change their lives for the good. Uh, some people need uh, structure, discipline, anything like that to just better themselves, or just overall goals that they need help achieving. So for me. I um, try to help them out the best way I can, listen to what their concerns are, um, and if they're a good fit and if their goals are achievable through the United States Air Force, I am a you know a shepherd to lead them to the right way. So um, I try to help them out the best way I can when it comes to that. It sounds like great work. It's got to be incredibly rewarding. How did it all get started for you? Were you recruited early? So, because you look young to me, man. <laughs> yeah, don't let the gray hair fool you. I guess right. Um, well, like at first, it was just like okay. So, I didn't join right out of high school because I was like, okay, I just want to you know work, go to the workforce, and you know hang out with my friends because I didn't want to leave home. And it was always that stipulation, like, no, this is where I'm comfortable. Right, right. right. And um, I waited about four years, and then I was like, okay. I need to do something. I need a career, something that I feel like a sense of pride. Uh, nothing that, I mean, I was a waiter, nothing against like people who are waiting tables or anything like that. I just feel like I needed to do something more. Um, I, I was making good money. I, I interacted with the groups pretty well. Like I had a great time, but again, I needed something more. So I reached out to a, a air force recruiter. It was hard. Because it, there's very few of them out there. Uh, they don't cover a wide range. They cover a wide range of area, but there's not that many. So the mm. other branches have multiple recruiters in a smaller area. So we're always competing against that, right? So, right. But in high school, I never got the, uh, let's say I got hit up by the Army, the Marines, Navy, everyone but the Air Force. And I thought, did I not qualify? Like, why, why not? <laughs> I had the like, decent scores and stuff. So I'm like, why am I getting, you know, I wouldn't say ambushed, but why is there more interest in the other branches and not this one? So yeah. I went out to the Air Force when I had time just to kind of elaborate things. Um, 
And I simply just like, hey, this is what I want to do. Uh, the recruiter helped me out and said, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z. I accomplished all what I needed to do. And then 11 years later, here I am. So was there a point at which you were thinking to yourself and weighing, because you were aware of these other opportunities, weighing one branch against the other, and you said, you know what, I'm, I'm leaning to the Air Force because I like this or I don't like this about another branch. Was there like a, a something that said, yeah, I'm going Air Force? Or was it because they were hard to get? <laughs> it was It was really that. For me, it was just like, right. like, if I'm good enough for all these, what makes me not good enough for this branch? So for me, it was almost like a challenge. Like, now I want to right, prove to right. you that, hey, I should be good enough. Like, and it's not the fact that I was like good enough as like, no, you're not good enough. It's just the fact that there wasn't that many people or that recruiter was like, yeah, man, like, I'll, I'll help you out. Like, it was, uh, I would say for me, it was the big thing of uh, uh, opportunity to travel. Education was a big thing because yeah. the Air Force values education. And then the fact is that you are going into – as soon as you sign up for the Air Force, you're joining – you're enrolled in college right away. Wow. Yeah. So it's just one of those things that I'm not just joining the military just to join, but I'm also gaining educational benefits from that to be able to at least come away from it because the military is just temporary. I want to make sure I come away with – you know, something else as well. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a couple of times about the recruiter helping out, and that really is a big part of the job, right, is to help the the new recruit navigate uh, and, and get qualified. Or Talk a little bit about that yeah. part. Yeah, so it's the main thing is, like, understanding, like, for someone who was in high school uh, or, you know, a, a graduate or if they're not a graduate or if they're not a U.S. citizen or if they went overseas, like, they got their education overseas, they're not from this country. There's so many things that it's usually like it's easier, obviously, if you're from this country and you are coming right out of high school, you just need driver's license, social security card, birth certificate, high school diploma. If mm -hmm. you're a high school senior, you just need the three. You don't obviously you don't have your high school diploma just yet. Right. But to get the process started, you need all these things. Non US citizens, you know, you'd have a, you need to have at least your residency card. Because if they have a visa, I can't work with that. Mm. Um, it's just not just me. It's just my hands are tied. Right. So overseas education, we have to get overseas education validated through our system. And if it's not in our system that someone has joined from that school, we have to get it, make sure it's validated to where it's under us standards. So it just depends. Um, let's see. Do you, you kind of help them at least coach them up on getting uh, physically ready and, and prepared for that initial yeah, for, training? The yeah, for the most part, it's like at basic training, like um, we just have them focus on mile and a half run, push ups, and set ups. So that's for us, that's what they need to do. So um, making sure that they're aware of those things. We also have the delayed entry program app. So once they are waiting for a job, mm -hmm. there's the delayed entry program app that where it actually says, you know, if you're not used to physical activity, it gives you a workout plan to be oh, able perfect. to kind of like yeah. go, especially for the time of COVID. Some people weren't out and about and doing those things. Right, so right. it does kind of gives you more of a, almost like a couch to 5k routine to where build up slowly, make sure you're not hurting yourself, but also take care of yourself for the long term. Yeah. All right. You brought one of your rock stars with you, right? <laughs> yeah. Man, introduce our other guests and let's yeah. get let's uh let's let's get it from his perspective. Yeah. So <laughs> uh I brought with me uh Airman First Class Devin Powell. Um met him uh, a while back and uh like he said he came back for a recruiter's assistance program to kind of help me out. 
Um, it's been exceptional. And like from the get go, like Devin, if you want to speak about your experience from your, um, from the beginning when we first met? Well, first of all, I got to, I'm fact checking, man. Has it truly been exceptional? Yes. <laughs> or was he just talking about you being exceptional? <laughs> no, no. It's been, a little bit of both, man. He's just not a bad guy. It, it's been a overall very good process. Um, again, I had to, um, kind of like what he was saying earlier, um, you know, I never really had uh, Air Force recruiters, you know, reach out to me. I had to, you know, do the investigation myself and uh, look into finding people. And that's how, uh, you know, this whole process started. So you say when, when you were uh, had to do the investigation yourself, you must have been motivated, though, at that point already to find out something. Was there was there a catalytic moment in your life or a something that said, you know what, I'm really going to consider going into the military. So I'm going to start looking into this. Yeah. So um, it, it started when we actually first moved to Georgia. Um I joined JRTC um, as a freshman, and it actually wasn't really my choice. Um, I was kind of persuaded by my mom. She, uh, <laughs> Shout out to mom. Way to go, yeah, mom. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she's the one who persuaded me to, to join. I was like, oh, I'll try it out, uh, but I, I wasn't really going for it. And then I actually really liked the program, and I stuck uh, through the program for four years. And then uh, I went to college for a little bit. But while I was there, I was like, you know, I don't know if this is really, you know, what I want to be doing. And I always knew the military was kind of like my my second option. Um, and then I made the decision after like a year and a half of in college. Um, you know, I was like, all right, I think I'm going to, you know, join join the Air Force. And I was, you know, working jobs at the time. And I was like, yeah, I definitely don't want to be working at a, at Publix for for, you know, six, seven more more years. So. so there goes my public sponsorship. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so no, in my vision, you know, my whole frame of reference for all this is the movies, right? So I, I figured that, uh, that Raymond found you a hustling pool at some pool hall <laughs> and said, Hey kid, you, there's a better life out there. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't too bad. It was just like, whenever he first reached out, I'm like, okay, fine. He had the support system. I'm, I think your mom and your brothers and sisters or your brothers all came in and stuff. So it yeah, was like yeah. I had this whole family come in. I'm like, oh, this is cool. So for me, I, I like that. Like it shows the whole that, family came in the office. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. I, th- I, th- I think your dad was in the waiting yeah. room. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was like it was more of like there's support there. Like they encouraged this decision. So for him, he already had the buy-in to where it's like, okay, let me, let me just go see and see if what I could do. His family is so supportive, and I, I mean, I wish there was other families like that that support, you know, their uh, their child going in because they think the military is scary, or at least for the Air Force, they think it's scary. But, I mean, for the most part, it's just his, his parents trusted me, a total stranger, to make mm-hmm. sure I take care of him. I do that for anyone that I can that comes in because I knew at my point I wanted to make sure I'm getting the right information. Uh, his family is great, and he has he has he has an awesome support system. Okay, so you have this this family powwow, and then do, do we commit there? Or do we go back home over dinner and talk it talk it over? So um, keep us going. So what happened was, you know, I kindly like in my mind uh, I had already made made the decision. Um, you know, in my mind, I was already in the Air Force, but, you know, I still had to, you know, take the steps to get there. Um, so over the course, I think it was about like four or five months, I had to, you know, work out and, you know, meet the the weight standards and, um, you know, take my ASVAB. Did you have to uh, uh, gain or lose? 
I had to lose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, was, lose. I, I did think it was much, but it was just a little bit to make sure that yeah. he was able to ship out. It was more precautionary, but mm. he was uh, he was already doing those things, running and everything, and he informed yep. me that right away. So the motivation was there. So I knew, like, okay, let's let's keep this motivation going. So, yeah. All right. So go ahead. So you took the time to start really getting ready. Yeah, and then um, and I think it was around July. I want to say when I signed my contract. And then at that point, I was waiting uh, just to receive my job. And it was actually on my youngest brother's birthday because I have three younger siblings. Uh, Sergeant Aguilar called me and he told me uh, the job that I had got. Um, So I was really, uh, really excited about that. Yeah, I, I think your mom like screamed in the background too. She was so <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, she was like, "Yeah." So, do you typically find that out before you even get going, or is that not always the case? It's not always the case because okay. it just depends on when the jobs are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to like what we do. We do a list of ten jobs, and you're guaranteed one of those ten jobs. Um, I always advocate for the applicants that are coming in. Do your research. Don't just take my word for it. The, the mm-hmm. same stuff that I am saying, you can find on Google. Unless there's certain jobs on like top secret clearance and stuff that they're not allowed to be on, you know, yeah. Google mm-hmm. uh, per the, you know, information security. Uh, but at the same time, it's like do the research. It just shows that you are motivated and that's what you want to do. And it's an important decision for your life. Yeah. So you should take a little bit of consideration and want to like care about it a little bit. And Devin was doing that tenfold. And so you were happy with the with the job selection? Yes. Um, I actually, so going into it, it was refueler, bomber, aircraft maintenance. And going into it, uh, I wanted to be a bomber. Uh, I wanted to work on bombers, uh, specifically the B-1 Lancer. Um, it's a really, it's a supersonic uh, bomber. And I ended up getting a refueler. So, um, you know, I was like, oh, I was kind of bummed out about that but then when i found out the base that i'm going to is actually back in my home state of florida so oh, wow. uh, i'm really happy and blessed that uh you know it all worked out um so yeah all right so where are we in the process right now as of today so so right now i actually just graduated tech school um i just left shepherd air force base in wichita falls texas about a week ago now and uh, you know, like he said, I'm helping him on on rap, and uh, I just graduated. I guess uh, from a, a really basically not knowing anything to now, I have a basic understanding of how my aircraft works. So I'll get the rest of my training when I go down to Tampa and um, start actually working on my aircraft. You get to go down to Tampa, man. It sounds like hard. That's beautiful. Good for <laughs> yeah. you, man. Yeah. Sarge got you hooked up, didn't uh, I'm, he? I'm excited. I got. <laughs> I definitely got really lucky with my uh, my base assignment because uh, a lot of my peers, um, I'm the only one going to Florida in my class. Mm. Um, and I want to say from like the beginning of January all the way up until like May, I saw a list of names going down to the same base as me. And there's only about like 12 people. Um, and each graduating class has, you know, anywhere from five to seven people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people actually end up going to Kansas. Um, so... Nothing against McConnell, but I've never been there, and yeah. I definitely like mm-hmm. uh, Tampa a lot more. Sounds exciting. So military class, what are the differences, uh, if any, in attending military kind of classes and classes like you did in the public school system or, or other things? So 
honestly, there there really wasn't much of a difference. Um, it was really similar to my college class, especially in the in basic training, because we do mm-hmm. get college credits for uh, some of the classes that we do take. Um, and it's set up very much the same as it is in college. Um, you know, you, you want to take notes and uh, study and prepare and stuff like that. Um, but honestly, there's not not too much of a difference. The only difference is you're in the Air Force. Yeah. And then in the food, do they feed you or are you on your own for food? How's that part work? So for the for the while, I want to say for like the past like six months, um, it was like, I guess, automatically you know, deducted out of my check and we can eat at the defect. Mm-hmm. Um, the defect is a dining facility that they're. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was really nice. I was just able to get breakfast, lunch and dinner um, and basically eat as much as you want. Um, there, mm-hmm. there really wasn't much of a limit. Um, what was like a favorite day? Like, did they have a certain day that they were like, oh, this food is. Day. It was when uh, they had the brisket. They yeah, had dude. really good the brisket, brisket in Texas. Like, you got <laughs> yeah. To. yeah, yeah. The brisket, the brisket was really good. Um, so it wasn't like mashed, you know. Again, but my whole frame of reference is TV and film, right? Oh so, yeah, no, no. It was. It's definitely. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a uh, a lot better uh, than what the TV makes it seem. Um, especially being in the Air Force, like you know, a lot of our uh, facilities are just upkept to like a, a higher standard. Um, mm. Which is which I think is pretty cool. You know, it's it's nice. And uh strikes me as a great place to to cultivate some new friendships too. Yes, yes. I actually made a, a lot of great friends. Um I now have, you know, friends in Germany, uh South Korea, Jeez. um Washington. And how old are you? Um twenty. Twenty years old and he's got friends all over the world. Yes. <laughs> so the fact is that you have or know somebody there and be like, you get thirty days a year for paid leave so if you know somebody wow. in germany be like yo i'm gonna hit you up like we can go kick it in like you know spangdalem or you know wherever yeah, that's where that's where he is yeah spangdalem mm-hmm. yeah so it just depends mm-hmm. on where you want to go because it's like you go and travel and just you need somebody to it, it's easier when you know somebody like hey meet me at the airport show me where to go you already have somebody not i wouldn't say almost like local because yeah, they already yeah. know where to go so sure i mean why not Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So now you're 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 hanging out with 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 Sarge here, and you're learning the recruiting business and all of that. And then in a few weeks, a few months, you'll go to Tampa. What's the yes, time? Yeah. So um, I'll be going down to Tampa in about like a week and a half. Oh wow! Pretty soon. Yes, sir. Yep. And um, yeah, I'll just uh, start my training, uh, in processing all that fun stuff, um, and actually get start working on my aircraft. So um, for my job, you can either be on the flight line um, or the back shop. So I actually got the back shop, um, which is called Inspection Dock. Uh, so it's where they do in-depth maintenance on the aircraft. So that's usually where they'll take, you know, take apart, you know, really crucial components of the aircraft, take apart the whole landing gear, um, you know, assess for damage cracks and look for things like that. So I'm excited. I would be excited too, yeah. and you got to be excited for him. You must just be beaming with pride. Your yeah. chest has to be swollen. Yeah, up. like yeah. it's just like when you find like the person who wants to do these things and create something for themselves and become independent and stuff, but still have that support system. He is going through this every step of the way. Um, it wasn't all smooth. I mean, you there were mm-hmm. some issues at technical. Uh, tech school where where he learned his job he had to go to the hospital and yeah, get everything yeah. squared away but, ouch 
Yeah, not too bad, but he was taken care of. Yeah, like, it was. It was. Just it was. Little, um, but it was just one of those things that at the end of the day, you knew you're you're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And for him, I'm extremely happy for him. I'm extremely happy for the family. They're so support. I can't like I'm telling you, I wish there was more family like that. So yeah, it sounds to me like one of the things that you seem to be very um, committed to is before you sort of put them through the process officially, you do everything you can to make sure that yeah that, that that this person is ready, that they're right for this, that they that they're going in eyes wide open, and that they know what to do to prepare properly. The last thing you want to do is just get another check mark. Right. And then just send another name. Yeah. Like for me, it's like, I am not about that. I try to help yeah. every individual out the best way that I can. And the thing is, uh, like, like Devin, he's his own person. He knows what he wants to do. He wants to do those things. His mindset already, like keep that mindset. I want to be able to, for him to be able to cultivate more ideas to be his individual self that could potentially change the Air Force for the future. So why not keep that idea and keep that motivation going? And then it could be infectious to other people. So if I see that someone's motivated and he Mm. really loves his job, he's going to affect other people in the Air Force for the greater good. Yeah. So a ripple ripple effect. Yeah. All right. So my impression is that there's tremendous growth opportunity in in this kind of environment. So if we get two years down the road, five years down the road – Devin swings through town in his new Corvette or whatever. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe he flies his own little Cessna in because he's. Uh, yeah, you never know. I, he's going to have a higher rank, higher pay, mm-hmm. more, more responsibility. It, talk to me a little bit about. Uh, well, and I'll do it from your perspective at first. Like, what could that look like, or have you already been putting a lot of thought into sort of that map? Yeah. So, um, I I actually have. So it was around like my sophomore year of high school, being in JRTC. Um, at that point, I kind of realized, you know, I want to commission as an officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I did research on that, I was like, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, and I know there's a lot of different routes, uh, to commissioning. And, um, you know, once I realized that I was like, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, and then, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna join the air force. And then it's just one step at a time. Um, and it's been a, a lot of a lot of growth in the past uh like six months uh since i've about since i since i've joined um so yeah so i mean yeah overall it's just like he has a goal like when i first met him like he that was his plan to get his college degree because he did a, a year and some change in college yeah. already so he has those college credits I do. so mm. To be able to like, okay, transfer that, get his bachelor's degree. Or first, he'll be getting his uh, CCAF, which is Community College of the Air Force, which is Associated Science, like uh, Applied Science. Yeah, yeah. For his particular uh, engineering degree, he will then transfer that to his bachelor's degree and continue working on whatever he wants to work on. And then that particular bachelor's degree will translate to becoming an officer for the United States Air Force. Because at that point, like I said, Devin's a very motivated guy, and, and mm-hmm. you know he's doing this. He's going to become an officer and understanding what enlisted issues are. So him himself, by being a great follower, he will be a great leader in the future yeah. as well. And I'll salute him as soon as he becomes an officer. Is that how sure. that works? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll run him with salute for sure. I'll be doing, all right. So uh, there, it seems like there's this major uh, point in the timeline 
when you when you have that um, that first thing under your belt, and now you're gonna uh, it applies to the to the BS the bachelor the, the bachelor's degree, and then if you want to, you can you've got some broader choices about where to take that field of interest. Yeah, it just depends on yeah. what he wants to do later in life, and then like like I said, all this is paid for. Like none of this is coming out like, of his pocket. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, that's the best part because uh, mm-hmm. I did you know. Even though I was in college for a short amount of time, I did rack up some, you know, student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm so grateful now that I'm in and I joined when I did. Uh, it was definitely better uh, that I joined sooner rather than later because, um, you know, now moving forward, I can take my college classes and I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, racking up any more debt or uh, anything like and that. You, and you're already getting a paycheck, or you're going to get yes. a paycheck soon? Yes. So uh, take it from two old men here. I'm sorry <laughs> you got a little bit of debt, but take it from two old men going forward, pay cash, and only cry once. Right? <laughs> Isn't that our cast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's good because you're like, okay, financially, how do I do this? Or yeah, yeah. To be able to do everything or so many – to focus on so many different avenues of your job, college, social life, and stuff like that. Um, like I said, he, he has the support and then the, um, to be able to understand where he can go in that avenue to where, uh, if he needed help, he knows who he can go to. Um, like I said, there's different agencies and stuff on base to make sure. And there's people that have been in, been doing the job longer than him. So they, there's always going to be that sense of, mm-hmm. uh, experience around him. So he's always going to be taken care of, at least in the workforce, and then he has family in Florida too, so it's it's going to be great for him. Man, the world is your oyster, Devin. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm really blessed, and I'm happy, happy. Well, you brought up an interesting point a little uh, while ago, Raymond. Because he has lived it, or will have lived it, just how much better of a leader he must he's going to be because he's coming from that perspective, as opposed to maybe someone who's never been through those ranks, right? Yeah, because at that point, like just like any business you want to hire within right right right. so you want to promote the people inside so the fact is that Devin has this idea to where he is going enlisted and then he wants to become an officer and then at that point when he's leading the people he's going to be in charge of the people overall Mm -hmm. he's going to understand their problems their issues because he recently just did it right right so to be able to understand to be that middleman or like hey you need to do this or like Hey, we need to advocate more money because he wasn't able to do that. Understanding the little guy at the end of the day, because of that person, like he will be in a humble position to where like, okay, I remember when I was struggling in that position, I needed help. Let's say that he does get the help. It's not, you know, not saying that he doesn't now, but by becoming an officer, you understand those little things that enlisted versus officer, two different problems. So Mm. I would say because, Enlisted side, you're you know you're the foot you're a foot soldier in in the sense of like okay we gotta you know knock this out. As an officer, you're kind of more of a automatically that manager role, um, based on the you know college degree. But yeah. if you come in, you're like hey we need to do this, and then like okay let's so well let's role play it in a way. So I, let's say I'm the officer and I come in and Devin's working. I'm like hey you shouldn't be doing that because of X Y and Z. He's been working there a while, and he understands, like, based on his technical order, he needs to do it like this, and I don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. 
me being an officer, I need to take a step back and really learn those little things that maybe that the enlisted person understands more because they're more involved with the day-to-day activities than what the officer would be. So, No, that's an important lesson, right? Yeah, I uh, my brother is a CEO. He's a chief executive officer of the Florida Home Builders Association. Uh, there you he, go. He's out of <laughs> Tallahassee, but he mentioned to me when he he was second guy for another association, but now he's the, he's the CEO of this mm-hmm. thing. And he told me like six months into, into that job, he says, "Stone, I got to be really careful about what I say." I he says because when I say stuff, it gets done. And he says, so I have to be very measured and really think about what comes out of my mouth because mm-hmm. people turn to and get it done. It's a whole different world when, when you make mm-hmm. that transition. Yeah, it, it really is. And the fact is that understanding those little things and the thing is like right. coming with that experience that he or like Devin will have. It's, right, right. It's, you know, it's definitely beneficial for not just himself, but the people around him. So, you know, helping out your 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 fellow coworkers, your peers and stuff like that. And just overall increase, increasing productivity altogether. All right. So let's back up a little bit. Let's um, create an environment where uh, a young person is thinking about joining the air force and they're coming to you and they're asking your input and your advice. I'm sure you'll share some of these great positive aspects that we've been talking about today. Uh, What are some potential challenges that you might tell them to anticipate or be on the lookout for, you know, cause, cause it can't be all, you know, butterflies and unicorns, unicorns, right? There's like, what are some things to, yeah, on that side of things? So I'd say some of the biggest challenges, um, if I'm being honest would be, uh, just people. Um, because, you know, uh, when I got to basic training, um, you know, I, that first night I got into my dorm, by the time we finished all the paperwork, it was, it was like one, two o'clock in the morning, all 50, 52 of us, you know, we're all tired. Um, mm. but we all come from different places. Um, so I'd say the biggest challenge is learning how to work, uh, work together with people and, um, you know, un- how to understand people and, and overcome, uh, differences without, you know, getting, uh, you know, w- you know, staying professional, um, at the same time. Cause there were a few moments during those first two weeks, um, you know, our whole dorm, we were kind of like at each other's throats uh, because, you know, everybody <laughs> was trying to take control. And was every- this some basic training? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Basic training. Um, you know, everybody's trying to do their own thing. Um, but, you know, eventually, you know, people will come together. And I'd say that would be one of the biggest challenges and um, to not take things so personal, um, you know, to let huh. things let things go, you know, because um, at the end of the day, people are just going to say whatever they want. Um and then they're going to go on with their day. So you don't want to like take that, you know, to heart because at the end of the day, they may say that and just walk off and like, they're not even going to think about it anymore. So yeah. like, you don't want to live over. in your head. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Rent free. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't, yeah. yeah you don't want to do that. So what was it? Uh, did you get any leadership positions while you were at basic training? Yeah. So, um, I was actually the, uh, the guide on bearer for our flight. Um, so I was in charge of our, our staff that had our flight number on it. Um, and that's a, it's a pretty tough position. Uh, if I'm being honest, uh, I only, I was able to excel at it, um, and pick up the position so fast because of my JRTC experience in high school. Um, so it made that transition a lot easier, especially when it came to drill. Um, but even then, you know, there was still, it was a pretty demanding position because you're, uh, my MTI, which stands for the uh, military training instructor. Um, you know, he was always, you know, 
he would call my name out and be like, you know, Powell, you know, make sure you're over here. You're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Where are you at? You know, um, and he'll call me out. You know, I, I would make mistakes mm-hmm. and he was quick to call me out uh, on my mistakes. But at the same time, too, you know, when I did do something right, he was also quick to, you know, say good job. Yeah, because it's not always about the the mistakes that you made, but it's also the lessons that are learned. So that's always good. And when you're leading, I suspect in that environment, and certainly been my experience, you know, if someone on the team makes a mistake, it's also your mistake. <laughs> and then you got to figure out how to how yeah. to navigate that and, and and make sure you you return that learning to the organization. And it's a uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot to it, isn't there? Even at that yeah. level, yeah. There was um there was a lot of accountability. Um, that ah. that sense of really learning what a team is and holding everyone accountable because um we actually had. Uh, our dorm instructor, he told us because um, somebody didn't lock their their wall locker. And, you know, every time you leave your area, it's basically you you can go pretty far. But the rule that we came up with is, you know, if you can't reach your bed, your wall locker needs to be locked. So if you're out of that distance, hmm. you need to keep it locked. And basically there was this person that, you know, had left it unlocked and he had got disciplinary action for it. But then he said if it happened again, um, then he would get recycled. At that point, uh, which would mean being recycled means you go back two weeks in training. Ouch. Yeah. So and he said if and he also made it a point to everybody else saying that if we see his locker unlocked and don't tell him anything, then everybody's going to suffer as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that really kicked in. And then once we all heard that, we all, you know, started double checking, you know, helping each other out, making sure that we all, you know, graduate together. Uh, we, we got there together. We, we lost two people. But, you know, I don't think I'm not really sure what their whole situation was. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we all want to stick together because we got there at the same time yeah. and we want to graduate. It's together. definitely that teamwork mindset because where like he was talking about earlier, like some people are, you know, from all over the world. Some people are very introverted. Some people yep. are extroverted. And the thing is, some people may not have been on, you know, sports teams or, you know, JROTC and understand the leadership or the uh, attention to detail to where you may need. And um, yep. it's just that teamwork mindset. It helps everyone out and then makes life a little bit easier. But the main thing is the MTI or the military training instructor is, you know, trying to make sure they are working together at the end of the day. So small details like locking his locker mm-hmm. is making sure that – it's not just locking your lockers. It's also like the accountability portion, but it's making sure like, right. okay, this making sure our locker is locked later down the road. You're going to make sure attention to detail on little things where when he gets to his job, when he's responsible for multi-million dollar assets, he knows the attention to detail is key. Well, and I hate it for those two that didn't make it, but by the same point, I, in order for the unit to have pride, it, you know, once you know what the standard is, if you don't, if you can't meet that, standard i mean you you can't let you can't let that slide right you've got to enforce the standard yeah yeah you definitely do but i mean Devin, i mean speak on this like (laughs) zero week like your first week like understanding (laughs) the structure and i'm sure when you pull up i mean just tell 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 us your story about uh, zero week so zero week is probably i would say probably the hardest week uh out out of your whole military career for really any branch uh because Mm -hmm. you know you have all these people and you're coming in as just, you know, a regular person and you have to learn so much during that zero week. So you have to understand, you know, who's in charge, you know, that respect factor 
And, um, you know, all these things that, you know, right off the jump, they're automatically, they automatically have high standards for you. Um, even though you're just a trainee, um, you know, they, they have all these, you know, high standards. It's really chaotic. Um, I don't really remember much <laughs> except, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I get the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't really re- remember much besides, uh, waiting. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of standing at attention and just being quiet while, hmm. um, you know, our instructors were planning things or doing things like that. But, um, you know, and that's, yeah, I guess that's, you know, where some of the discipline is as well. Uh, because, you know, I think the reason everybody was able to be so quiet is because we were all kind of scared, you know, nobody wants to like, <laughs> cause you're in, almost in shock. Yeah. It, it was really like a wake up call. Cause when you get there, you know, you know, we left the airport and we hopped on the bus and our bus driver, he was like hyping it up. He was like, Oh, it's, you know, he was really cool guy. <laughs> and we were all, you know, we were all pumped. We were all excited, you know, cheering and stuff on the bus. And then, um, you know, we get off the bus and we're in the reception room, you know, it's pretty chill so far, you know, not too much has happened. And then we go outside and we're sitting down and we're waiting for our instructors. And I'm over here. We're all just chatting because we're like, man, where are, the, where are these, where are our instructors coming from? <laughs> and next thing you know, like I remember seeing off in the distance, I just see dark shadows just walking towards me oh my. and I, and I see the hat and I'm like, oh man, I was like, I think it's going to get serious. Yeah. And then immediately they just started yelling and they're like, all right, we're doing roll call. And then they just start going down the list, yelling each name. Um, and, uh, yeah, ever since that day, you, you immediately learned who your, uh, MTIs were. It's like, you remember your, that silhouette, that moment, you see yeah. them just uh, coming out of the woodwork and be like, all right, it's time to work. Yeah. That, that's when I knew I was like, man, you know, this is really, this, this is really is happening. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like all of this is so, none of this is left to chance. This is all very much by design. I mean, the the military, the Air Force, these guys know exactly what they're doing. And they have plenty the, of structure, right? Yes, the military instructors are very, very. I mean, the training that they get, it's more psychology work to make sure that where mm. you're going from someone who has never had structure in their life and try to understand the little things and mm. why do the little things matter you know, to detail to, you know, making your bed. Some people have, they don't make their bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, you want to make sure like, even like little things now, like Devin. So if you made your bed and you're like, ah, I didn't make that good enough. And then someone else sees it. Like if like your family or whatever, seen that in graduation, you're like, that's a good looking bed. But you could be like, I remember when I graduated, I didn't have, I almost had like a little smile at the end which the smile is like at the edge of the bed when you tuck everything in and you're good, you want to make sure like everything's tight and there's straight line and you don't want no slack. Mm. I could see like a little dip and I'm like, Oh man, I messed that up. (laughs) And then my family, they were like, Oh, everything looks great. Oh my God. And I'm like, "Uh, I messed up, but you don't see that. But it's like (laughs) those little things you, you just notice right away after a while. It's just um, like I said, the little things. So now that you have this appreciation for the little things, you have these aspirations to to lead others, do you find yourself, outside the scope of the technical training and that kind of thing, do you find yourself studying, reading stuff about leadership or personal accountability? And and if so, like what's some of the the stuff that you're reading now or or have read recently that you might recommend to some folks? Yeah, so um, I did, you know, I, I... I started reading a little bit uh, before basic training, um, but there was, um, I, for, I forgot the name of a book, but it was basically saying um, 
how you how you act um basically how you act is what what you're going to attract so if you're always you know uh i guess uh have a negative outlook on life you're mm-hmm. going to attract you know negative you know people and negative you know outcomes um versus you know having more of an optimistic outlook and you know be willing to learn and um you know just be really open minded um to change being open minded to change is a is a big one oh yeah Cause oh, now, I certainly think so. Yeah, because yeah, you got to think not a lot of people manage stress the same way, and then change alone in the military is uh, happens a lot. Yeah. So the thing is being able to be flexible, understanding the, you know the bigger picture and stuff like that. And uh, funny that you mentioned like books and reading because yeah. I just read a book called "Who Moved My Cheese." You ever heard of that? I have heard of it, and I feel like I've read some version of it some years back. Yeah, uh, my office partner. Um, he handed me this book, um, uh, just based on, you know, change or whatever. Cause I joked around like, ah, I don't like change, whatever. Just joking. <laughs> he goes, read this book. And it's a small story. It's like a hundred pages. So nothing crazy. It's like yeah. an hour, hour read. Like some people will read it. Like I read it, me and my daughter read it before we went to bed. So it was like, okay, I'll read you the story. And she enjoyed it. It's just simply understanding like things are going to happen. You see change occurring. How do you, you know, adapt to it and some people are just afraid to be outside their comfort zone uh reaching out and doing something and this book i was like i was talking to my daughter she's 10 right she was like this is a good book for military children and i'm like where do you get this knowledge from you know what i mean like it's just one of those things like she is thinking about those things right, and it's right. just like being well, exposed to change and stuff that book is i definitely recommend for anyone that's even if they're not having a rough time or if they're to see the change, uh, just going through life. I I'm happy for my office partner to be able to, Hey, read this book. So I'm like, yeah. So who moved my cheese? <laughs> All right. Well, there you have a recommendation yeah. and you have again, two old guys telling you read, read and read <laughs> and, you know, and take what you can from it. And on something like that, that is timeless and as classic as that piece is. And there are other books that I would characterize that way. I would say reread them. Right, like yeah. something. Go back and read because you'll you'll pick up stuff, won't you, Raymond? Yeah. Um. When not, whenever I was talking to my almost my office partner, um, his name's uh, Sergeant Frederick. He's at Marietta office as well. Um. I was just saying, like, man, this book was pretty good. I was explaining stuff like I could see like key parts in here, in the book, and he was saying that he reads it multiple times throughout because uh. he said you never know what you know stage in your life. Uh, that you're going through, you always interpret it differently because of what's going on or certain events in your life that could help you or help others in the long run. Right. Yeah. Man, you made me, I'm too old now, I think. I, I can do 20 <laughs> push-ups. <laughs> there you go. But, but you guys are making me want to join the military. <laughs> yeah. They got, they got any radio jobs in the military? <laughs> There's some broadcasting stuff. Is there? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Broadcast, uh, broadcasting and journalism and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You they sound pretty. Mean, you sound pretty good on radio. You sound like you got some good experience. <laughs> man. Yeah. They probably wouldn't let me go home at two and take a nap though, which is what I plan to do today. Yeah, pro- probably not. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not as entertaining as the uh, the Robin Williams character in that in that movie. Oh yeah. Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that was funny. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Devin. Thanks for hanging out with us and sharing your experience, man. This is uh, and oh gosh. Uh, Sergeant Raymond, you you must really love your work. I really do, man. Like I, uh, like I said, like my story is just more of what my sister 
was not able to accomplish and joining in like um like I said, she passed away and stuff when she was uh trying to yeah. that whole aspect, but she wanted to join, she was not able to join, she couldn't find a recruiter to help her out. So that's always my mindset. I'm like, I wanted to be right. the recruiter that my sister needed. So for me, I never know what the applicants truly are going through until I get to know them. Right. My job is to get to know my applicants, what their goals are, things like that. So for me, if I'm changing or helping someone better their lives for the future, um, who's, you know, what ripple effect that would make for me, that's a uh, bigger reward than anything. Yeah. All right. Let's leave our listeners with some contact info for, for you. And they can, and they can also all be thinking about Devin and wishing him the <laughs> yeah. the best. We'll try to keep up with his story, but what's the best way for folks to, to connect with you? Uh, so for me, um, if people just want to know general information about the United States Air Force, um, Simply just ask the questions of like, you know, what does it take or, you know, simple information. Um, you can contact me at 770-274-8087. That's my cell. You can either call or text. Uh, email is Raymond, R-A-Y-M-O-N-D dot Aguilar, A-G-U-I-L-A-R dot two at U-S dot A-F dot mail. Well, Raymond, keep up the good work, man. The work you're doing is so important. You see the impact. You mentioned ripple effect earlier in the conversation. Yeah. You see the impact you have on this one individual, and, and, and Lord only knows how that's going to continue to multiply as as Devin grows in, in his Sky's career. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit oh, for man, I think it's fantastic. And uh, Devin, best of luck, man. The, you don't need any luck, but just know that uh, we're all <laughs> pulling for you, man. And I hope we hear back from you again when you swing back through Thank town. You. Maybe you'll come – Join us, but it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Devin Powell and Raymond Aguilar, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio.